I'm Lights Camera Jackson. This is the start of a new season of the LCJ Q&A podcast. We're on our way to the 200th episode as well, which is awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Over the years here on the podcast, we've had a lot of different people come on for the Smurfs movies and some Smurfs specials. Well, now there's a new series, the Smurfs animated series coming to Nickelodeon sneak peek episode this Monday, September the 6th at 12.30 p.m. and the official series premiere Friday, September 10th at 7.30 p.m. on Nickelodeon. Joining me now, writers, Peter Susselin and Amy Serafin. They join me here now. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Peter, let me start with you. Tell me about the origins of this series and coming off of three big animated family films that played really well around the world. Um, The origins of the series, Wild Payo Productions, who are the rights holders and the family that um, has the rights to uh, the Smurfs, thought it was just a natural choice to go from the movies with because of their success into a series it just made sense and they have been selling i mean they could tell you more uh, payo that that 1980 series is still sold and watched world over today um it has had i i, I don't know how many seasons that Hanna barbera had but um was it um 10 or it was a lot of seasons yeah so it was time to revisit renew and um, start anew. Amy and I were fortunate enough to be called and uh, well, we did our best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think you absolutely did your best and I've seen a little bit of the show. We'll get into that a little later on in, in this episode. Now, Amy, is it true that you made a, a good portion of the series and then Nickelodeon came on board? How did, how did Nick come into play exactly? Uh, yeah, well, we started out working with um, Dupree, who is the French producer, and Peo, and then uh, the Belgian network, Peter, help me. Um, uh, Kika? No, not Kika. Kika. Yes, Kika came on. Um, okay. So we were, we were working with um, all of those partners. And, um, and, and TF1. Then, and TF1. And, and TF1, yes, the broadcaster in France. Um, and then, uh, right, so broadcasters were TF1 and Kika, and the producers, Dupuis, and, um, and then Nickelodeon came on later, yeah, when I think they wanted to see probably what was being done, and uh, when they decided they liked it. I'm speaking for them, I have no idea, but that's, I assume that's how it went. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they they wanted to get this brand. I know they've got the Garfield brand as well at Nickelodeon now. So I mean, powerhouse iconic figures in animation coming in. Peter, what were your goals that you knew right away for this new show? And maybe some goals you found a little bit uh, along the way into production. Well, Amy and I worked together about um, working on the Bible, which is the setup for the series. We reread all the books. So we went back to the source material. We did not go back to the 80s series. We looked at a few episodes, but television has changed since early 1980. goes a lot faster. If you look at that series now, it is extremely slow. <laughs> it's very funny. You're like, oh my gosh. Um, Amy and I talked a lot. We read a lot of all the books. And what we really enjoyed about the books was there was a little bit of edginess. Um, Peyo, the creator, would make little commentaries, social commentaries through his characters. And we picked up a little bit of that. We liked a little these little fun jokes that were tossed aside. And we would chuckle. And we're like, we'd like to keep that energy, the little 
little grouchy who pops up and says, me, I don't like that. Me, I don't like kisses. Me, I don't like sarsaparilla. And we wanted to make sure we kept this little irreverence and energy that was in the books. That's interesting. You talked about the, the speed of animated shows these days being a lot faster. I can definitely tell that. Yeah. Um, Amy, uh, along the way, I would say we discovered that um, while working closely with director, we were discovering he wanted definitely a lot of more action sequences. Mm-hmm. So we're much more verbal and more back and forth and auditory in terms of like one-liners. And he was like, that's great, but I also want to make sure we have some set pieces of moving that camera, action, and really have tiny like 10 minute movies. And then we're like, oh, okay, we're getting it. So when we were writing more along the line during production, we were thinking, okay, what's our action sequence? Where are we going to start? And what's this, what's this episode about? But we had just like, okay, we need time for this action. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, an episode I screened a few months ago because Nickelodeon had it as part of a virtual upfront presentation was the Diaper Daddy episode, which is so fun and a cool storyline. Amy, what do you like the most about that episode and kind of the really bouncy, playful nature of it? Yeah, um, yeah, that was one of the first ones we wrote. Um, and um, I like the baby. <laughs> Baby Smurf is so just so cute. Um, the chaos, you know, we 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 wanted to get as much chaos as possible into all of these. Uh, at any moment, this whole you know community can just like anybody can sort of make things just spiral out of control. So Handy has this great idea to make um, a robot who will change baby's diaper when nobody else wants to, and of course the robot ends up. Um, going rogue (laughs) and runs off with the baby and then uh gargamel ends up getting involved it's uh it's no actually you say that that's that was one of my favorites i just it just made me laugh i mean i thought um you know the baby is never the well yeah the robot keeps keeps messing up baby smurf's name I haven't seen it in a little while, but um, but that was kind of an ongoing joke that uh, that we liked. And then the baby's just laughing. The robot throws it up in the in the sky in the air, and the baby ends up hanging off a tree. And nothing nothing phases baby <laughs> baby Smurf. <laughs> yeah, to get back to your, pro, I think I know I discovered to love baby more because you can have so much fun with baby his innocence plays and he's just like hey i'm hanging out i'm having a fun time um, that was one thing (laughs) what's interesting to get back to your question is there were certain characters that we were like "Eh, not my favorite and then as we got to know them they became our favorites interesting so I, w- I was going to ask the both of you which Smurf you connect to the most and and what the Smurfs have meant to you. So in terms of who you connect with, is it somebody that you then, yeah, maybe discovered grew on you a little more? Peter, I'll start with you on that. All right. Well, it might be the same answer. Yes, we, we agreed that we have the same feeling about this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, when we first, first started out reading the books, we were like, ugh, jokey, the same old exploding box. It's so, you know, been there, done that, seen that. And we're like, ugh, I guess we have to use the exploding box, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, how, I mean, how clueless are the Smurfs? Why would they ever, at today's day and age, why would Papa Smurf take a box from 
Jokey. Why would Vanity Smart take a box from Jokey? They all know it's going to explode. So why? But then as we dug around the character, because we really wanted to sort of round out these characters as much as we could for today's audience and the time we had, we're like, okay, why does, why does he do this? Attention. And then we said, well, if he annoys us, maybe he annoys other characters. So we wrote a story called Jokes on You, where Vanity, Amy, I think it's Vanity, and somebody else are like, I'm so tired of Jokey's jokes. And they decide to play a trick on him, which goes bad. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of little Jokies pop out of a box. And they're worse than Jokey himself. And they're playing, they just cause havoc all over Smurf Village. So he got a taste of his own medicine. And then we're like, okay. And then so I felt sad. I felt, oh my God, this poor guy is getting his comeuppance. So all of a sudden I had sympathy for him. And then from that point on, we were like, we just liked his irreverence. (laughs) We liked his his mischief. Yeah. Because they're all mischievous. But Jokey, there's a little bit of, you know, that glint. He's always looking to, to stir up trouble. Um, whereas the others stir it up without necessarily meaning to. Jokey's the one who's sort of like, you know, pushing things. And beyond the box, I mean, he's the one who says, oh, let's try this. Let's do this. And he ended up becoming, you know, a, a very fun one to work with for that reason. He's yeah. the class clown. Yeah. I mean, who do- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and then I should, if I can pick up the ball from here, I should probably sure. talk about Smurfette because I know everybody... Uh, when people found out we were working on the Smurfs, everybody said, you know, what about Smurfette? What are you gonna do about her? You know, she's she's great, but but you know, like it's 20, I guess at that point it was 2017 or something when we started working on it, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> but, um, you know, we uh, like, you know, what are you gonna do with her? And that was this discussion we had too with, uh, you know, with all the partners in the beginning and we wanted her to be, obviously a little bit more feminist to have a lot of character. We gave her character. We didn't want her to be perfect. Um, And that's a sort of fine line to straddle, but it's more fun. You know, Uh, it's, we wanted her to be able to like, you know, it's some, she's, her mind's all over the place. She has good ideas. Sometimes they're not great ideas. She's a bit impulsive. We both have daughters who um, were doing a Krav Maga together, self-defense. Mm. And so one day we're like, oh, what if she does, you know, some sort of self-defense? And, um, and we came up with Smurfu, which she's sort of the, uh, which became a very big part of her character as she, uh, she's, you know. <laughs> and there's an episode where the others want to, want yeah, they, the others want to learn Smurfu, and she's she teaches them, and she's a very impatient teacher. She kicks a bunch of the people out of the class or the Smurfs when they can't do it. And... That's good. You take good care of Smurfette because I remember when the movies were were coming out, and everybody was hoping and praying that that the characters wouldn't be ruined, especially Smurfette because she's so special to and has been to so many people. I also love that in the dialogue you include Smurf and Murph in as many ways as you possibly can in a lot of the dialogue with references. Obviously, my last name is Murphy, so a lot of people like to shorten that to Murph as well. So you kind of, you use Smurf and Murph to cover up some words that maybe you couldn't say on Nickelodeon in general. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we did. Yeah, there's a lot of what the Smurf. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, that's good. Entertaining the older kids and adults, the parents without having to 
fully go that far. You 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 pull that you pull that off very well. As we wrap things up here on this episode for both of you, if kids and parents, anybody of any age, are really feeling blue one day and they turn on this Smurf show on Nickelodeon, how do you think this show is going to cheer them up? Peter, I'll start with you on it. When I saw the finished product of the images and the textures and the 3D, I was gobsmacked. It's the quality of the movies. So I think for a television show, it's very impressive. If I And I thought about, wow, if I were a little kid and I was feeling sad or blue and I go out, turn on my TV or popped open my computer and saw this, this, this universe that is so cozy and warm and safe. That's what I think a kid can walk out of it, knowing that there's 99 little blue friends. There's a lot of activity. There's some danger, but it's never a huge threat. I find it, it's a, uh, it would be a place to really go um, take a pause it's it's just a wonderful universe to escape into. I was like, gosh, I wish I were small again. I just just lose myself in this world because when you look at the images, you look at the four. It's it's so much fun. I was like, wow. So for me, that's that. Nice, Amy. What about you? Um, I, I agree with Peter. Also, the sense of community. I mean, it's really this village, you know, the little mushrooms, they're, they're always, I mean, they, they argue, they get on each other's nerves, um, they get into trouble, but it always turns out okay. And they're always, they always have each other's back. So um, that sort of sense. And they're kind of, it's interesting because they're, they're independent. They, 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 they run their own village. They do their own thing. At the same time, they're little kids. Um, and, um, and that the combination of character is very interesting. Um, but yeah, they, 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 they just, they're obviously one big happy family, which is, um, which, which is lovely. Yeah. A fun group for sure. The Smurfs again, sneak peek episode this Monday for Labor Day, September the 6th at 1230 PM on Nickelodeon official series premiere Friday, September 10th at 730 PM writers, Peter Susslin, Amy Serafin. Thank you so much for your time today for being on the LCJ Q and A and, uh, keep singing those happy songs. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Jeff. Thank you. Thank you, Jackson. All right. I'm Lights Camera Jackson. Thank you for listening to this episode of the LCJ Q&A Podcast.